Father, you're here, It is a joy to know who the Lord is. Am I wrong? Amen. It doesn't matter what happens in our lives, we're still supposed to be filled with the joy of the Lord. It ain't working. touch us. Let your spirit land upon this church tonight, Father, and flow through it like a river. Yes. Let it touch us, Father, and be with us. Speak to us, Father, the way that you that you have for decades and hundreds of years, Father. Father, we long for the days of old. We long for signs and wonders and miracles, Father. Father, I ask that you bless this offering that we're fixing to take up. Let it be used for your work, Father, to continue the kingdom of God here on earth. Father, it's all this in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. 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 All right. You may be seated, yeah. All right. I'm turn it all off. Turn your phones down. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, uh, it's a little bit unnerving sometimes when you get up here and, you know, you got two different preachers preaching. And you hear the first pastor in the morning after you've been in, God's been having you somewhere all week long, and he says, everybody turn to John, and you've been in John all week, and you're like, man, this guy's fixing to step all over my sermon. But it's also a good thing, too, because I'm going to be, I'll tell you the truth right now, me and JR don't discuss sermons. We don't plan sermons, we don't talk about sermons, we talk about God a lot, and we talk about Christ a lot, and we talk about prayer a lot, but we don't discuss, because most of the time, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't like planning a sermon because that puts too much of me in it. I'd put in here what God tells me most of the time before I get up here and preach. And that keeps me out of it and lets God do the work that he needs to get done. But we're still he's still got me in, John, right along with JR. So I want you all to turn to John 15. And we're going to go to verse 1. And what I like about chapter 15 is there's no black letters in my Bible. Which means that nobody has anything to say in here but Jesus. And Jesus didn't say a whole lot in the Bible, but he really tears it up in John. And John's a little bit different book. But uh, let's go to the Word. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. Now, what does it mean in the Bible whenever it, God or Jesus repeats himself? Pay attention. It's obviously something that he wants to get through your head. So I want you to pay attention in the upcoming verses about what Jesus is saying that we should be doing. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, 
Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. What keeps repeating itself there? Remain in me. So is he telling us that whenever we're in trouble we can go to him? No. Is he telling us that whenever we're having a bad day we should go to prayer? No. Is he telling us that whenever we're having a good day we should go to prayer? What he's telling us is that we should be in constant prayer. Amen. There shouldn't ever be. If I come to you and I tell you, you remain in these chairs until somebody tells you you can leave, what do you do? You stay right where you are. You don't do anything else but stay where you were told to remain. Because if you don't, something can happen. We have a tendency when things are going good to not remain in Him. We get all mixed up in ourselves. We get all mixed up in our feelings. And then when things go bad, we get upset with Him. But what it is, is we didn't remain where we were supposed to remain. We should wake up every morning and praise God for the breath that we just took. That He allowed us to sleep through the night. And yes, we're supposed to be joyful when troubles come our way. Because all a problem that you have in this world is is another way to give glory to God. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter how upset you are. It doesn't matter what your wife has said to you, what your husband has said to you, what your boss has said to you, what your pastor has said to you, what the person sitting next to you in church has said to you. You don't worry about what they're doing. You remain in Him. And if you live your life remaining in Him, then everything else falls by the wayside. Amen. Live your life according to the way He wants you to, which is every step you take, every breath you breathe in your lungs should consist of Him. Right. Every time a word comes out of your mouth, and I have a problem with this, because you know those filters that people have that tell them what they should say and what they shouldn't say? I don't have one of those. My head usually goes to is we're going to say it anyway and we'll see what happens. And it gets me in trouble sometimes. Because if my beautiful wife comes up and says, hey, does this look good on me? And I don't think it looks good on her. I tell her, no, it don't. I, 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 don't. And I'm going to tell you as a congregation, as your pastor... Do not ask me a question that you might be afraid of what the answer is, because I'm going to answer you. Amen. And I'm going to tell you exactly what my God tells me. If you call me wanting to know something where you need advice, my first question to you is, is how much time have you spent with the Lord about this problem before you called me? Because I'm going to tell you, get on your face and go to God, because God's going to give you an answer. God's not going to tell me something to tell you. I don't believe that. I don't think it's going to happen that way. I believe that I can pray about it and I can get a feeling about some advice that I can give you and I can tell you what I think you should do according to what the Word says. 
But I don't think that God's going to give me a word for you. If he does, it's going to be something very spectacular. And it's going to come up with a miracle. I can promise you that. But calling somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning one time, J.R. got a phone call. A lady called him at 5 o'clock in the morning wanting to know if he, they knew a good hairdresser that she could go to. Guys, I don't know where you are to get your hair cut. Obviously, I don't get haircuts. My wife shaves my neck once a year, probably. But what I'm telling you is, when you're having an issue, or whether you're not having an issue, when you're having the best day of your life, I'm going to be honest with you, I would be almost willing to bet that the best days of your life are the ones that consist of the least amount of prayer. Come on. Because you'll go to the gas station down there and find gas for $1.50 a gallon, and you'll call 25 friends and tell them, there's gas up here at Racetrack for $25 or $1.50 a gallon. Y'all should go down there and get it. But you're not going to go to church and get something that you need that day and call anybody and tell them what you've got from church that day that they need to run down there and get it while it's on fire. Because you're worried about what they're going to think about you. What a shame. Spread the good news. That's what that says. Amen. Love one another. Come on. Yeah. If you get something good going on in your life, it's not because of your hard work and your dedication to your job or your dedication to your kids. It's because God has chosen to touch you that day and let you know that I'm still here. I've never left your side. The days that you needed me the most are the days that you ignored me the most. But I was right here for you. Stop getting your mind so wrapped around what's going on in the world that you forget that this is temporary. This is but a flash in the pan. Unless you're J.R. and some of the other guys around here, and then it's eternity. Dale's not here, so I can't really pick on him. But if you're 107 like those guys, it's been a while. What happens here is temporary. What happens here is but a minute particle of what the rest of your life has to offer and the way that you're going to spend eternity. You have choices because you're going to need them. That's right. I used to tell people all the time, I almost got my stars tattooed on my knees because I will kneel for no one. But I'm going to tell you this, I'd rather kneel for my God voluntarily than have him put me on my knees. Because my God has put me on my knees to show me that my fight doesn't begin with this, that my fight begins on my knees. My fight is won, finished, and, and celebrated on my knees before my God. Stop thinking that the good things in life are because of the hard work that you've done and the challenges in life are put something God put in front of you to see if you were truly as strong as what you think it is. And don't tell me you don't think that way because each and every time one of you goes through something, the phone calls that we get on the phone are, Pastor, why is God putting me through this? God's not putting you through that. You put yourself in a position where you had to be tested. Amen. God has to show you because God doesn't give you anything. Jesus never healed anybody that they didn't have to do a little bit of work for. Take up your mat and walk. Go wash your eyes. 
Go dip yourself in the river. Everybody's carrying up to the river. Do you think God doesn't put people in your life to guide you and direct you the way that you ought to go? The man that she just mentioned was crippled. He couldn't get to the front door. But he had four friends that he depended on enough and he could count on enough that were crazy enough to drag a crippled man laying on a mat up on top of a roof and dig a hole through the roof and y'all won't drive 10 minutes to come to church on Sunday morning because the cowboys are playing at noon. Amen. <laughs> All right. We're getting that discussion today. NASCAR, okay? We'll go NASCAR. No, I don't want I can't go do this on Sunday because my kid has this. My daughter has this. My son has this. We have to go over here and do this. We've got family coming in town. Bring them here. Amen. Don't tell me that you can't get plugged into something at a church because not just this church is open five days a week. And if y'all want to do something on the other two nights a week, we'll do it. If you can't get in here on a Wednesday night for a Bible study, and the only night you're available is Wednesday, call me. I'll meet you up here on Monday night, and we'll have a Bible study. Amen. But don't give me an excuse as to why you can't be here. Because there's not one. Right. Ever. There's not an excuse for not living the way this Bible wants you to live. That's right. There's not an excuse... For not doing what God said for us to do, which is love one another the way that He loves us. Now, does that mean we're never going to have conflict? Does that mean we're not ever going to have struggles? Does that mean we're not ever going to have disagreements? Because I'm going to be honest with you, I disagree with God sometimes. I disagreed with him when he told me I was going to be a preacher. And then I really disagreed with him when JR told me that he wanted me to be a pastor up here. And I said, Pastor, no. Preacher, maybe yes. And he said, no, you can't be a preacher at this church. you got to be a pastor, too. And if God ever calls on you to be a pastor, I'm telling you right now, go to plumbing school. <laughs> it's easier. You make more money, too. <laughs> Honey, there ain't a preacher preaching in this world today that really preaches the truth about God that's, that's in it for true. the money. Right. I don't know a preacher in this world that preaches for God that's got a bunch of money. Now, don't get me wrong. God wants to bless us. That's right. God wants us to have things. But I've never seen, I don't see any sense in me driving a $150,000 car when there's starving kids in this town. That's right. God told me that I should have transportation to do the things that I need to do for his work. I, I won't, I'll get off my soapbox about that because I'll end up talking about my little blinkity-blink preacher and my wife would get mad at me. Call me out. My whole point is, as it says, remain in me. If you walk the walk and you talk the talk and you get with him every day, somebody upsets you, pray for him. That's right. Pray for yourself before you open your mouth. Amen. Take your thoughts captive. Take your words captive. Yes. I have a job that I absolutely love, but I work in construction. I work with some pretty rough boys. And all of them don't agree with me. All of them don't agree with the things that I did. And if some of y'all didn't know me four or five years ago, I had one solution to you mouthing off at me. And that was pain. You're 
We fought. I didn't argue. I didn't talk trash. We fought. And now, somebody upsets me on the job site, I get back in my truck and listen to KLTY for a little bit, praise God for a little while and get out. And you know what, man, if he's having a bad day and he can, if yelling at me makes him feel better, because in the next verse down there, it says, remember, when the world hates you, it hated me first. They beat my Savior to a pulp and hung him on a tree. So for a man to come up and holler at me about where I put his wood, okay. Don't move it. Where do you want it next? I apologize, sir. God bless you. That's what you need to say. I know I need to say. And you live in Texas. I don't know if some of you, some of you, when you get in it, how many people in here aren't from Texas? Okay, well, we have, a, we, have a little, we have a little saying in Texas, and I'll tell you how to tell somebody off in Texas without actually telling them off. Right. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> that can mean bless your heart or whichever one you want it to. And then there's also, you're so pretty. Yeah, you're so pretty. But here's the thing. I know Jesus loves those people because he took the hate out of me. Yes. I tell people all the time that cut me off in traffic, Jesus loves you because if he didn't, I'd put two through your windshield. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Jesus changed me because he loves you. Does that make sense to anybody? Yes, sir. Amen. Jesus made me the man that I am today because he loves you just as much as what he loves me. And if I hadn't have changed the way that I did things and I hadn't remained in him and remained in his word and remained in prayer, trust me, there's a lot of prayer goes on in my house. Not because there's anything bad going on in my house, just because everybody in my house has got a past. It takes prayer to keep that back there where it goes. That's right. We have challenges. And you think the challenges are hard now. Wait until the people of this world get their way. Because there's people huddled up right now in a little room on the other side of the world that only have about four pages of the Bible because that's all they can smuggle in so far this year because it's illegal to believe in God over there. Over half this world, if they get caught with a Bible, they're prosecuted and put to death. On the spot. But you can bet the ones that really truly believe and want to have a Bible. That's right. But we can't bring ours to church. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why I'd expect you to bring your Bible. Half of you didn't bring your tithe. <gasps> Did I say that out loud? Did I say that out loud? Your Bible's right there because it's convenient for you to have it right there. Yeah. True. Because you'd rather have that phone than you would that book. No, you won't leave the house without that phone, but you'll walk out of that house without that book. I take my phone 
So don't tell me, don't use the excuse of my Bible's on my phone not to have your Bible. Because here, if you need one, I got, I got some back here. Because we have an arsenal. I promise you that. There's plenty back there in that back room. I won't leave the house without my gun, and my family knows that. It ain't because I'm scared something's going to happen. It's because it's my right. But I also won't leave my house without my Bible in my car either. Because it's my right. And my God says to keep His Word close to my heart. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not jumping on y'all for having your Bibles on your phone. I use my Bible app too. But what I'm getting at is never have we had more access to sin than what we have today. This is what the world creeps into us through. You can lock your doors, you can close your windows, you can hide your kids in the closet if you want to, but the minute you hand them one of these, the world has access to them. And they've got access to more filth than they ever have in the history of man. Well, she only does that because somebody says yes. But what if we prayed and there was no need for her anymore? What if we prayed and there was no need for porn sites anymore? What if we prayed and there was no reason to have prostitutes anymore? What if we prayed and there was no reason for kids to get kidnapped out of their homes and taken to be photographed? is sent to perverts around the world? What if we prayed and there was no reason to have an oncology ward at the hospital? What if we prayed and there was no reason to have a children's hospital? What if we prayed? What if we remained in Him the way He remains in us and all of that stuff went away? Amen. Because when people remain in Him and love one another the way that He loves us, then you don't have to worry about the murder rate. Come on. They want to stop drunk driving because why? They want you to stop texting and driving because why? They want you to do everything else and stop driving because why? Because it kills grown-ups. And it kills teenagers. And people run over little kids doing that. And then they get upset. Because this guy was out and he had a couple of beers and he went over there and he ran over somebody. So they prosecute him and they put him in prison and they ruin his life. And he kills a kid over here and they did that. But they don't hold anybody else responsible. But they'll kill millions right. of unborn babies in them buildings every day. Amen. What if we prayed and that stopped? Amen. What if we prayed and the bar closed? What if we prayed... And we didn't have to worry about DWIs anymore or kids getting run over anymore or text, people texting and getting run over anymore. Yes, y'all are in the splash zone this evening. That's fine. What if we prayed and every cancer cell on the face of the earth jumped out of people's bodies? Because it'll happen. What if we prayed and the demons that are haunting us every day and chasing after us every day fled in the name of Jesus like the Bible says they will. 
if we prayed. Now, is any of that stuff happening? Because that book says over there that all things are possible through Him. And all we have to do is ask if we remain in Him. Amen. So are they happening? Are they closing these places? Is this stuff stopping? Or is it just getting worse? This world is dead and rotten. That's right. There's no saving this. That book over there says so. But what we can do is live our lives the way that God intended for us to live our lives as decent human beings who believe in God and act the way that we're supposed to act so that other people might see what's going on in our lives and come to us and instead of us telling them how good we are at our job or how good we are at our marriage, we can tell them how much God has blessed us in our life and that our life was trash until we got God in our lives. And ever since the day that we asked God in our lives, that there has been struggles, but we've had the strength through the love of our Savior to get through anything because what? All things are what? Possible. Through Christ who lives All things are possible through Christ who lives in me. But we want to get upset when we don't get our way. I can promise you there's nowhere in that book does it say pray for you to get your way and I'll give it to you. No. Because you've had your way. Yep. And you run it off in the ditch every time. Yep. Now it's time to do it his way. Amen. Bring it. Learn how to die. Because yep. in this book it says you must die to yourself right. and be reborn unto him. There's nothing in there that says have pride in what you do. We're not Give glory where glory is due. Amen. But in order to give glory, you have to have glory. And what remaining in Him is going to do is going to get you out of living from struggle to struggle to struggle and moving on to victory to victory to victory where you can give glory where glory and glory and glory is due. Remain in Him and let Him remain in you. And see. And you can say it all you want to in this building. That's right. You can say it all you want to ten minutes after you walk out this door. But what happens tomorrow morning when that alarm goes off and your night didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to? And you want to get up like I did today and snarl and growl and be a grumpy butt all day long. But here's the thing. Even when I'm grumpy, I thank God that I have a family around me who understands that I'm not going to have perfect days every day. So what do they do instead of starting an argument with me? They go to prayer. And they pray that dad will realize that he's being grumpy. Because you can ask them. I get about three quarters of the way through my day that I've realized I've been grumpy. They go to prayer about it. I walk in there and say, guys, look, I'm in a bad mood and I've been grumpy all day. But we're going to do something about it. Because God says, I don't have to be this way. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to run around the house laughing and like, 
like an enchanted fool all the time. I'm going to have struggles. You're going to have struggles. We're all going to struggle through things. Amen. But it's only for a little while. They hated him. They're going to hate us. They prosecuted him. They're going to prosecute us. They put him to death. We're all going to die. No matter what you do in this life, nobody gets out alive. It's where you spend your eternal. It's the reward that you want to claim. Because what? Every knee. Every knee will bow. Now, do you want to get there voluntarily? Or do you want somebody to put you on your knees? Because you're going to bow before a king. And I'd sure rather jump down on my knees and be able to praise God than I would scream in agony and get on my knees and beg Him for mercy. Right. For the rest of eternity. That's a long time. You think being married for the rest of your life is a long time? <laughs> Not when you're married to someone. Yes, dear. I know. <laughs> you're married to a woman like I got, eternity seems like that long. My first anniversary is coming up in about four days, I think. <laughs> oh, it ain't been a year yet. <laughs> been, been three weeks, I think. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Charlie, we're still on our honeymoon. We've been married Amen. Because you remain in Him. Who will preach? I'll do that. Go ahead. The day you got married, you became Him and He became you. Amen. And you've remained in Him, and He's remained in you. Amen. And you both remained in the Father. Yes. Amen. So things last. Because God blesses it. Amen. We want to put everything else. We want to put houses and cars and money and kids and dogs and yards and vacations and groceries and all that stuff in our marriage before we put God in our marriage. But start to put God first in your marriage and the rest of that stuff gets dumped on you. Amen. He wants to bless you. He wants to be in your life. He wants to take care of you. He wants to love you. Why are you back there dancing around? Huh? Why are you back there dancing around? I want to be like everybody else. interject something. Well, interject. Seek you first the kingdom of God, and all things will be made righteous unto your house. Amen. You're dismissed. Another thing. Don't come to church on Sunday or any any day. You can go seven days a week. And then when you leave, you start gossiping and spreading rumors. And saying things that you need to pray about instead of gossip about. We're human. We're human. It's going to happen. I promise you it's going to happen. But here's the thing. And I told my wife I wasn't going to go here because she's fixing to do this study. We kind of got gypped out. Paul kind of gypped us out when he told us about the armor of God. Because when I say the armor of God, what do y'all think about? Roman armor. You see a suit of armor. Because that's what he told us. But here's the thing. If you'll put on that helmet of salvation and get rid of what the world has told you a helmet to protect yeah. your stuff is, then those thoughts won't get into your head. Amen. That's right. 
That's all I'm going to do. Okay. I'm not going to blow up on that. Praise you, brother. Come on. You're making me excited. You can take off man's helmet. You don't have to wear what man considers to be armor mm. when you have the righteous armor of God on Amen. you. Because Amen. if you truly have the righteousness of God on you, you it's don't hard. need a breastplate to protect your heart. You can take it off and expose your vitals to the world. That's right. Because that's what Jesus here. did. Mm -hmm. in your soul. David took a rock to a knife fight. Right. Yeah. And left his armor at home. Yep. Do I think David would have won if he'd have had Saul's armor on? Yes, I still think he would have won. But it wouldn't have been the victory that we read about today. Right. Because right. men would have said right. he was armed to the teeth. The boy went out there and took on a man. Right. The same way that we can go take on the world. Yes. Come on. Yep. Twelve men. That nobody in the world would have ever chosen. Come on. Change the world because they truly believed in what our Savior had to say. And they believed it with enough of their spirit to where they walked away. I'm not talking about went home, told their families goodbye. They dropped what they were doing in the floor and followed Jesus. Amen. Your salvation should be the same way. When God calls you to be saved, Come on. you should drop your life in the dirt Amen. and turn around and follow Christ. Amen. The problem is, is we don't want to do that. We don't want to change who we are. That's too much to do at one time. I can't quit all this stuff at one time. I'm working on my language. I'm working on my drinking. Right. I'm working on my sinning. Uh -huh. I'm working on my porn addiction. I'm working on my dope addiction. I'm working on my alcohol addiction. When he got up on that cross and he laid his life down for us, he didn't say go work on it. No. He took a drink of that nasty stuff they give him to give as a last drink. He bowed his head and he said, it is finished. Amen. The battle that you keep fighting in your own spirit the Holy Spirit says you don't have to fight it. Come on. Amen. Learn how to hit your knees and cry out to Jesus. Amen. Swallow your pride a little bit. I've almost choked on mine a few times, but I got a big neck. God give me a big enough neck where I can choke it on down and save the things that I love in my life. I don't have to live like I used to. I don't have to be the man I used to be. Because I have nothing to prove to you. But I owe everything to my Father. Everything. So stop worrying about what's going on in your life. Because God says no matter what happens, the worst thing in the world that can ever happen to you according to what man says is for every one of y'all right now to drop dead. Oh, that's good. That's a victory. Your next breath's in heaven if you've been doing what you're supposed to be doing. Amen. Amen. And if y'all don't believe me, we got Kool-Aid in the office. We'll no, 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 no. <laughs> y'all all have to go home and get your bandanas, though. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 
Sorry. First of all, let's put this last I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Charlotte, in the grace of her heart, went out and made everybody that's a prodigal son these orange bandanas with their names on them. Well, she brought them all one Sunday, and everybody put them on. And standing back there, it looked like Jonestown in here. I oh. kid you not. <laughs> so I went out and got J.R. a package of orange Kool-Aid. Oh. And he keeps it in there on his desk. So he went out and that, got it, but he handed it to me to take to him. Uh -huh. Right. So you take it to him. I just I pick on Jr. all the time about his little cold phone. Yes, <laughs> going. But you know what? It's a bunch. It's a it's a great big old group of orange bandana wearing Jesus freaks, and I love Amen. every one of them. Amen. At the gospel concert, cowboy Sunday. Look at all the pumpkin heads. Pumpkin heads. <laughs> But I know that when I go somewhere and I'm out in public, if I want to find a fellow Jesus freak, all I got to do is look for that orange bandana. And I know that there's somebody who loves God as much as I do standing underneath it. Praise My God. My bandana disappeared. I just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Carly, you get where you turn it wrong side out and wear it. I just did. My bandana's gone. I think your dog ate it. Uh -huh. Don't blame Troy, poor baby. But do you see what I'm saying? And it's okay for us to cut up and have a good time. Oh, yeah. Because the joy of the Lord is here. Amen. And if you can't feel the Spirit of God in this church, then I'm going to challenge you right now. Get on your face. Amen. That's right. Because God's ready to do something for you tonight. Yes. Amen. God's ready to touch you in a way that you've never been touched. He's ready to love on you. He's ready to comfort you. I want to get y'all to bow your heads and close your eyes for me tonight. Because I don't usually say it, and I know what I said earlier, that God doesn't give me a word for anybody. And I don't have a word for anybody specific. But there's somebody in this room tonight, because God's got it on my spirit so hard, that is going through something tonight, and they don't know what they're going to do. Now, everybody's got their head down, and everybody's got their eyes closed. If that's you in here tonight, if you're going through something and it's going to be a struggle and you don't know what you're going to do next, please put your hand in the air so that here in a minute we can pray. I'll give you just a minute. Because right now God's working on some people. God is wrenching some hearts. God is doing some work in some people's lives right now. And I'm telling you right now, if you sit there in that chair and you ignore it, they are preached this morning. Don't miss your opportunity. It's a sin to miss your opportunity. Where do you want to spend eternity? How do you want to spend the rest of your life? Do you want to spend the rest of your life walking with Christ? Or do you want to spend the rest of your life living struggle to struggle to struggle? Because it's within you to trust in Him to live in glory to glory to glory to glory. Every victory that needs to be won has already been fought. We just have to go through the steps. That book in the very end says we win. Yes. 
We just have to walk down the road. Brother, come on up here for a minute. things goes on in this world that don't make any sense to a lot of people. But as long as we stay who we are, yes. He's always going to be who He is. Amen. So what are we worried about? That's right. J.R., pray us out of here, brother. My most gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for these people that came out to hear the Charlie preach tonight, brother. Bring the word that you gave him, Father. I have to just magnify what he's saying and agree with him, in agreement with him, that we need to be in constant prayer. We need to be in constant love with you. Yes. Even when we fail, you're still there. Amen. And we just have to pick ourselves back up, dust ourselves off, and get back on our knees and say, Lord, help me. Yes. Tonight I ask that you have travel safety home. Travel safely home, and that everything goes well for you this week. And I pray that God touches you, yes. not only tonight, but tomorrow, the next day, the day after, and the day after that. And that your conviction of the Holy Spirit forces you to be what the Bible says for you to be. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, I'm going to play this. Mama knows. Get out of here.